Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Today, I eat crow over a narrative that I peddled about Kirk Cousins. I'm Luke Braun of Lockdown Vikings, and I have a devastating confession to make. Luke Inman at Luke underscore Spinman. I learned Kirk Cousins is just like all of us because he spends eight hours at Barnes & Noble with a Starbucks coffee looking for buy one, get one half off deals. This is Arif Assad with Pro Football Network. I am such a dedicated journalist that I took the time to look at every single book Kirk Cousins was buying in that Barnes & Noble. <laughs> no way. <laughs> this is the Kirk Cousins episode, and this is the Minnesota Football Party. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Football Party. It's your guys hanging out talking next level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings Insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. Happy Thursday. Welcome to today's Minnesota football party on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Vikings talk for the next hour. Plenty of Kirk Cousins talk for the next hour. We've all been binging the Netflix show Quarterback. We're going to break it all down. Ron Johnson joins as well. And we're going to get into a bigger conversation about Kirk's popularity now in this market. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more. Go to fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Please subscribe to us, folks. We are on YouTube. We are free. Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel, free and available wherever you listen to podcasts, and that includes the SiriusXM app, your Roku devices, Amazon Fire, all of that. Many ways to watch and listen to Locked On Sports Minnesota. I am five-eighths of the way through quarterback, the Netflix documentary. Let's give the status update. How far in are we on this doc that only dropped yesterday? Luke Inman, how's your binging been? Yeah, I'm on episode six as well. Three episodes left. I'm right there with you, Sam. Arif. Uh, let's take a look. I have seven minutes remaining before I finish the whole thing. Wow, very nice. Luke Braun. Uh, I said in the beginning, I have a confession to make. I've I've misled you all. I actually watched it weeks ago. <laughs> oh, so what? I I knew what? everything uh, when we did bingo and was actively trying to sabotage that. Whoa! Are you kidding? Hold on. So so you tainted the whole exercise? What yes. I tried? What have you done? So upset about the purity of the bingo. The purity of the done? bingo. So I tried. I tried not to. Like specifically to not taint the exercise by saying a couple, like uh, throwing a couple misleading things out there, throwing a couple things that maybe are right, but but wouldn't throw off the scent. The thing is, uh, the the person who connected me with it could get in a lot of trouble if I like spoiled anything before it came out. Well, we appreciate trying really hard not to do that. Did Peyton Manning give you the extra? Yes, Peyton Manning specifically. I I I appreciate the fact that like it's like when you cheat on a test, you can't give yourself a perfect score. You got to give yourself an A minus. I I gotta like throw obvious. Yeah, and and if I just said like so much crazy wrong stuff, I felt I felt like it would have been too obvious. (sighs) Okay, all right. Hold on, Luke. Would I cheat on a test? I never cheated on a test, but if I were to cheat on a test, sure, I play to win. <laughs> well, nobody would nobody would second guess. Oh, Reef got a perfect score. Did, okay. No, okay, you do uh, have to establish yeah. a baseline. So that right, you, that makes right. sense. The I bar guess. is so Tear low when I'm coming in. So, so, so Luke Braun had to establish a baseline of not being able to perfectly predict what's going to happen. Right. That makes sense. Right. All right. Yeah. So let me get this out here. This is going to be a spoiler alert show. Not all of you are are cheaters like Luke Braun or as obsessed as a Reef. Inman and I. So there will be spoilers. Um, I don't want, if you don't know how the Vikings ended their season, please stop listening now. If you don't know how the Chiefs ended their season, please stop listening now. It would be very I, I disappointing. Guess a general advice probably just stop. Everybody just stop <laughs> listening now. Yeah. But please actually keep listening. Um, 
let's okay first let's do some overarching takeaways then we will update the Kirk Cousins bingo card that we put together on Monday which has now been tainted but we'll go over it anyway all right big picture takeaways Luke Inman you're five eight to the way through what do you got Here's my three big bullet points. First of all, I thought the team psychologist was really cool. I did not think we were going to get a behind-the-scenes look at that. That was pretty eye-opening. Just as far as you know, the measures, Cousins and the Vikings, hopefully the entire NFL are taking just to make sure players have this professional help at their fingertips whenever they need. When it comes to mental health, obviously that's been such a huge priority over the last five years or so. Just be able to talk to somebody about the stresses of being a, a player in the NFL, let alone a quarterback no less because you know there's only 31 other guys in the world who can relate to you so I can't imagine just how crucial it is to be able to talk to a professional on hand to talk through some things like that so the team psychologist angle I thought that was one of the bigger bullet points that I really took away number two everybody's been talking about it on Twitter but the big hits I mean just how rough a shape how many dings he had throughout the year and and how well he hit it and just the fact that he was able to you know, stay consistent, find a way to continue to be on the field, regardless of how many big hits he took that carried over week to week. That was pretty impressive. And then the third thing, how much he was swimming in that playbook right away. Like, you know, watching a guy like him and the new weekly game plans week to week, all I could think about was, man, first of all, Jaron Hall, a rookie, should not see the field in 2023 because if Kirk Cousins is still swimming midseason, I can't imagine a kid with zero experience is going to be able to come in and just have a smooth transition. But Arizona Cardinals game, right? Like that Johnny Munt touchdown. Kirk didn't even call the play right. He didn't even remember the turn. Yeah, why whatever? Why okay, whatever? That rule. Yeah, that was, the most, that was so sick. <laughs> of the entire show uh, for any of the quarterbacks, honestly. Yeah, yeah that I mean, was like, awesome. Mariota just kind of dipping. That was pretty human. I'll be honest. I get mm-hmm. it. But, but but Kirk comes being like, look, yeah, everyone knows what this play is. I don't right. get it. We're fine. Right. Why right. you do what you do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Why whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, and then even, you know, a step further going in the weeds, like just hearing all three quarterbacks speak the terminology and plays of the playbook. I love that kind of stuff. I mean, the terminology and the lingo, it's mm-hmm. just, it's kind of comical, but also so impressive that they can memorize that. Especially you think about guys who do have a new coordinator every offseason, a new playbook every year Kirk was drowning in that playbook though especially right away you heard him say it a few times I've got so much work to do during practice he would mention that to a coach or you know somebody on the sidelines it just speaks to if you're a quarterback playing in this league you cannot just rely on being an athlete right the athleticism Mm -hmm. like some guys can get away with that in college at the NFL level it's just not going to work so those were the three big bullet points I got some other small notes and things that I thought was comical like you know we've seen it before but just to dust back up the Cousins Choir video, that was gold. <laughs> kind of forgot about that. Yeah, How about classic. Kirk calling a quarterback sneak on his own during the Bills game? I mean, reliving that Bills game was pure magic as well. So those were the three big takeaways, though, Sam. Yeah, I think sh- Kirk showing how hard he works to make up for his athletic deficits was fascinating like if that like all the effort he puts forth. only someone had written about that yeah it's crazy it is so hard to imagine like every young quarterback that comes into the league having the ability to do that right like if that's actually what it takes to be a quarterback in the nfl i can see why so many guys flop it's unbelievable um arif Hassan, big takeaways yeah i mean uh i think the one that i kind of took away is um, how he actively struggles with beating himself up, right? It doesn't show up all the time in every episode. It doesn't, but it, it feels like it's an undercurrent. I don't just mean like the the moment of the team psychologist. I agree that that was pretty cool. We have to remember, of course, that like that's the part of the session that's televised. So it's like that. That's not like a real session yeah but 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 it reflects probably a lot of the things that that cousins um is going through and there was just like a moment um there's two moments that stand out one is that overthrow of kj osborne where um osborne is like wide open um it's to the left i already forgot what game it was detroit Detroit. Um, yeah and um and it it was just they won the game and it was Mm -hmm. haunting him for like the rest of the week right he was like, he was like up at night thinking about that one throw, right? 
Um, and and there was a there was like another there was another one uh, later in the season. I wish I had written down specifically like what it was, but like he was beating himself up for uh, uh, just like just like being like a foot off. And I don't mean the one at the end of the um, of 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 the big loss that he was like of the Giants game and the playoff yeah. game. Um, which was he it does the Colts recount. game that first yeah. half when he when he. Miss Jalen Rager, Rager broke on the route or something like that. No, no, no. He, he was beating at Rager up. for that. Yeah. He was he was mad at Rager. That mm-hmm. was pretty clear to me. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. um, there was like there was just like another moment where he was just going over his mistake again and again. It's like, just like another foot, just like another yard or whatever, right? If I had just done this a little bit differently, and mm-hmm. um, I think it was the assistant quarterback coach had to just snap him out of it. He's like, well, you can't change that, right? Yeah. And, and I think that that's yeah. just like he. Um, I think that that's like a pretty consistent thing that he has to be really active about, right? He has to be active about making sure that he can reset himself, which I think kind of precipitates all this other odd behavior, a lot of which personally, I don't know him, obviously he knows himself better, but personally it feels a little bit unnecessary, but I think that that is the reason he engages in a lot of this really, I think, unusual behavior, having uh, like a, a brain team, right? That, you know, works on his focus, having like, I think all of that. And I think, that goes back to if you like read his, the book that he wrote coming out of Michigan State before he had played for Washington, um, it goes back to that, that he's always felt that um, he's on a razor's edge, that he's never going to be inherently good enough. And so he has to work himself a lot. Um, the fact that he countered that by making it mandatory that he has Tuesdays to himself, I thought was huge. I think that that's really good. Um, so there's that, uh, other takeaways, uh, he's a, he's, you cannot hide how big of a dork he is. He's always a dork. You can't, that's just who he is. And, uh, it's fine that he embraces that, but we have to acknowledge that he's an even bigger dork than any of us realize. Like when he was trying to do the lightsaber thing, like one of the calls, uh, one of the the checks was sabered. He's like, you know, you can just do like a lightsaber. It's like, all right. All right. Or like, he wouldn't stop saying turducken. Like he had just. That was great. Of yeah, what that was. He was. Like, hey, so how hot do we think that turducken was when he got it? Uh, it's uh, so typically, and this might change from network to network, but I've heard that um, most of the time, the Thanksgiving turkey that they serve is just ice cold. Yeah, um, and he but, ate the whole thing. Well, Jefferson, that's, that's, how about it out? That's yeah. a terrifying man. Yeah, how about the shot after that? after that Patriot game, Thanksgiving game, where KOC is doing his passionate 90-second speech. He's about to give him a game ball, and all they got is a shot on Kirk, and he's just staring he's just, at yeah. this turducken sandwich. <laughs> like, him and this sandwich he's, are the only two people in the room, and he's just I, I think it, I think it's fine. Yeah, to only my wife would be like that. It, it totally <laughs> makes sense to never had turducken, right? I've never had it. But it was he was, like, fascinated by the concept. It was the first time he had ever heard of it. Um... I have heard that other networks, because it, typically it's um, the past couple of years, it was CBS doing the Thursday night Thanksgiving game. If I want to say correctly. I don't know. NBC, but, NBC, has, NBC. has had it NBC. for most of yeah. the years. I mean, because yeah. it's a, yeah. So, because it's like a Monday night pro- or something like that, Sunday night product on Thursday yeah. night football, something like that. Yeah. Um, and so that's always cold. But I was told that like when Fox or CBS has turkeys at the game, that they tend to serve them a little bit warmer. So that, it might be a little bit different, but still, I think that it, it's funnier if it's cold and he was still just going to town on this cold yeah. three meat just roast. So there's that. Um, I like the moment where KOC was like, OK, we can't get frustrated here. And Kirk was like, oh, I'm frustrated. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, oh, I'm frustrated. Was that yeah. the Colts those, game? Those the Colts. Oh, I haven't gotten yeah. there yet. Um, oh man, he was he point, was mad uh, in that. Yeah, he, was, game. he was big mad. Wait, it's like it's very clear. Like he understands that most of this is not his fault. Right. Yeah, like, no, it was like right. totally fair to be mad in that because he was mad yeah, like, like Neil for running the wrong route. We're yeah. down it was a, three a points. Block. Like, <laughs> yeah, he that was the hardest. He slammed that helmet down consistently, time after time, yeah. when he went I back to the bench. I thought the helmet might have. That was crazy. Yeah. Uh, um, to your point, think, just just about him getting down on himself. Very interesting to see the relationship Kevin O'Connell and just was, the time he say, spends yeah. trying to pull Cousins out and into those better mindsets, and him eventually evolving and saying, "You know what? I 
I think I figured them out a little bit more. Yeah, I, and I, I, I got to let him just blow this steam off for two, yeah, three minutes. I can't go get right in his face. And then I can yeah. talk to him. I can't <laughs> yeah. over coach him. Exactly. I, that's cool. I think that's a sign of a really good coach. Yeah, that's really No, cool. I like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or also even even when he was report. like, did you call that quarterback sneak? He's like, yeah, I did. Sorry, man. It wasn't so much mad that he had the guts to call it, but he's like, you got to let me know so I can put you in a better position. I can call the right formation or the right line, whatever I need to do mm-hmm. to yeah, help there, you there succeed. Was, there was a moment where, was, where he – he mentions that Cousins could have, like, he was just like, hey, I wanted to call a timeout. And he doesn't harp on that, right? Yes. He was just like, hey, well, the reason that I wanted us to interact here is because I want to say, like, it wasn't like, hey, man, I can't believe you do that. Next time, you just got to check in with me. Or, hey, we know that we can't do that. Or, hey, I was trying to call a timeout. You realize that. I was trying to call a timeout. Like, he didn't harp on that. He was just like, yeah. oh, okay, well, you didn't know I was trying to call a timeout. Now you know. The reason I want us to have this kind of interaction in a, in a moment like this is because we have the time to like set you up for six. It was, it was I thought it was really good. That was great. Them in a way yeah, that- KOC and, and Kirk's relationship over the season, how it grew, w- was kind of cool to watch. How about the Miami game when he's talking about how ticked off he was and he can't you, speak he to KOC through the headset. And mm-hmm. so he's yelling, single high safety, single high safety. And Man he covers. comes back and, and KOC just goes, you need to calm down, dude. <laughs> and he's like, wow, okay. Uh, if, if coaches tell me I, I got to calm down like that, uh, how about I that probably need to. scouting report that Don Cousins wrote for 14 so, year old So good. That is crazy. The fact that it's the same. Yeah. That, and he, and he's like, yeah, mind. the weaknesses where I need to be a more vocal leader and I've got bad footwork, which, you know, if you ask the Vikings, that's still true. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and that probably counts as our Don Cousins appearance, that, right? At least thus far. It has far, to, yeah. So I marked it I've down. Seen. I know that that's like... Um, Let, let's get to it in just marginal. a second. In just a second. Braun, you've been... We haven't gotten to you really yet. What What's some uh, some stuff that you took away? I, we've talked about a lot of the the stuff I found super interesting, but the the thing we haven't gotten to yet is the pain that he was in, the, the hits that he took were yes. kind of what, what stuck out you to me. And... Yes. The like in particular, the way that he managed that and in getting frustrated about it, which is totally fair, but also the the process of how he, you know, the like the people he brought in to work on that particular injury, how he tried to get through that. Um, it was funny. We were talking about it on Monday and, and toughness and how injury is, is there is a luck to it. But you can kind of mm-hmm. see the the reason that Cousins could play through something like that. I don't know if every quarterback in the league gets it plays all, all 17 last year, but Cousins yeah, that, did. That's, yeah. that's like pretty impressive. Yeah, the effort and also, energy he puts into being durable like and being available is, is wearing. as impressive yeah. as any other quarterback in the league, in my opinion. Th- After that seeing was, that behind the scenes. This is my big biggest takeaway, and this is where I eat crow. This is my tease to open the show. I claimed to say that well, Kirk Cousins, it just kind of has the makeup where he just doesn't get hurt. Like Kirk Cousins is has the ability genetically to absorb this stuff, and he doesn't really get hurt like other guys. I was wrong. I can't. No, I don't. Believe. I don't. I don't think you're wrong, Sam. I think that the way it expresses itself is a little bit different than how you thought. But he uh-huh. did not show up on an injury report at all last year. Right. Like no. Right, and his, I don't know. Some of, some of to, that is a little bit, I think, of a game that teams of course, play. No, of course, to, of course, of course, sure. Not to trying to let Bill Belichick but, you know he's it's got just sore more, hurts. It's more uh, like more credit to his process than just something like innate to him. It's there. Right. There is a method to it. But and but I it is it, like it's at. important to like if you don't show up on an injury report and you did not participate in all of practice, the NFL usually has a pretty good way of finding out because they pull game tape footage or practice tape footage to see if players practice the whole and if and if a player did not practice the whole thing and they did not show up in the injury report even if they weren't injured the nfl levies fines so um he did all of the practices he's practicing all of the practices yeah and i I think that there are other quarterbacks that would not have done that just purely Mm -hmm. because of like you know the ability to push through that kind of pain that's true but i also think that like when you're a guy suffering from bruised and cracked ribs, your ability to manage your body or the inherent gifts that you have, they give you kind of durability or, you know, things like nutrition or pliability or whatever, right? Wh- whatever the process is. And I think that there is probably something genetic that plays a role here makes it so that cousins does not aggravate those injuries or that those injuries, um, 
don't end up being more severe than they already. I, I think that you're still mm-hmm. right, Sam. It's just we see what that looks like now, and it's just like, oh, but that doesn't make it easy. It's extremely the, painful. Yeah, the the Buffalo game just took on a whole new life for me watching for that. Sure. And Cousins it, was in it, so it much seems pain. Like he wouldn't he have been able to to to. It's a legacy to moment to me. To I think he couldn't yeah. celebrate with his team. Like he was like gingerly like hugging guys. He didn't want them to like oh. hug him too hard yeah. after the game. Like that's how much pain he was. He, in. he couldn't, couldn't talk. talk to Adam anyone. Thielen came back to the sideline and go, did that nickel drop off me right there? He goes, dude, I don't know. I don't, I can't right now. <laughs> like, he just had to like take a second. I, yeah. I well, yeah. it's like, because that, that final, because what the, the Vikings uh, kicked a field goal and the bills had an opportunity to respond or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and he was like, if the bills kick a field goal, I don't know if I can go. And he didn't say that exactly, but it was the feeling was, was basically like, there's mm-hmm. no chance I'm going to be able to go out there. If the, if, and and that know. spoke volumes too. Sam and I talked about this this morning about how, why they fell off versus Dallas too, like the following week as well. Right. I, yeah. I think that, yeah, I think and, and the fat and bouncing back then to beat new, like new England was a little bit more the same. He aggravated it against new England through the game winning touchdown. Um, and I mean, maybe we'll ask him about this at training camp. Like what was the diagnosis on that? And if he's willing to share, did he have broken ribs? What was he playing through? Uh, I think that's it, it honestly p- does give last season a whole new perspective for me. Um, what he had to go through. Super impressive. I do want to point out, though, that how, how did this show not highlight Kirko Chains? How did they skip that? They didn't they, skip they, it. They gave it a well, little they, bit. At least did, the part I when, saw. There? Yeah. When uh, did they it was talking um, to the kid, things. right? They, maybe you're not to it yet, but it, maybe yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I might not there's, be there's there. A, there's a whole little montage on Kirko Chains, yeah. so you oh, might okay. not be there yet. Can, but, can right. I just say, I think it was episode Chronologically, four. they skipped it. Can I just yeah. say real quick? They, they did not go in perfect order too, because they well, went okay. and did like the they went back to the Arizona game, like they mm-hmm. they yeah. and, did that and the all too. three quarterbacks are on a different timeline for the show. So they are doing Arizona yeah. week four at the same time they are doing Vikings week nine because yeah. the show was the more homecoming about like the thematic um right. you know movement for every episode. Right. Uh, they lumped the homecomings together based not based on chronology, just like yeah, they, they wanted to tell those three together. stories. Together. They they linked all of the you're playing through pain stories together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know all of that. So speaking of that Cardinals game, I think it is episode four. Just one of the most genuine, cool, funny moments: the Kirk TD scramble and seeing mm-hmm. KOC's reaction on the sideline. Just like the rest of us and everybody else, seventy thousand in the. Fa- <laughs> what the f was that? Just smiling though, <laughs> ear to ear, like yeah. Did that just, just get happen? out of bounds? Get out of bounds! Oh, don't like. <laughs> what? The yeah. F no, was no, that? no. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Yes so is good. usually reserved for like far of type quarterbacks. You don't. Yeah. Mike Holmgren. Yeah. 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 That That's was so good. Um, let's quick quick dive back into the goal line sneak. So let's remember the play preceding this was the Dalvin drop with a penalty on the bills. Mm-hmm. So how does that, how does the next play go off without some KOC input? Wasn't I don't understand. A, wasn't that a was, lack was of the penalty clock running or something after this? No, no. If I it, remember. It a, no, Dalvin dropped or, it. Or was that overtime when there was the, the 12 men on the field that didn't Dalvin dropped the ball at the goal line would have been a touchdown. Oh. Bills were offside, which gave them a second chance on fourth down. Oh, okay. So Cousins calls the right. sneak. But how does that sneak go off without KOC in his ear, especially when there was a penalty on the previous play? That like that process well, it, I mean, it shows sounded, Kirk's autonomy, it but like it was Cousins crazy. didn't hear him. Like when, he when KOC snap, no? I think I think Cousins just said, screw it. I'm calling this. We're gonna quick snap him. And they yeah, just no, got that, that, out of the huddle exactly. so fast. Yeah, no, yeah. I think that's exactly it. So I think what happened was based off of watching that episode, I think what happened was as soon as they had another chance, right? Cousins was like, fine, we're just going to, we're just going to do it. Right. And he just calls the play to yeah. everybody and they line up. And in, at the time it sounded like based off of what KOC said afterwards, it sounded like KOC was screaming in his ear or something. And cousins just wasn't registering it because, you know, at some point everything is noise, right? Right. And it's, it's yeah, a yeah, late yeah. fourth quarter and the mm-hmm. stress is high and all that. Um, which is why KOC was like, I was trying to tell you, I wanted to call a timeout. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And, okay. and, and that goes back to earlier, again, earlier in the game. He's just getting rocked so much and just drained physically and emotionally. Guys are coming to the huddle and trying to talk to him about things he's seen defensively. And he's like, dude, I got, I can't, I, I got no extra gas in the tank right now. I can't do it. Yeah. Also, uh, and he's like, screw it. let's just, let's just do a uh, quarterback dive. And again, KOC wasn't even mad. He was just like, next time I just want to set you in the right position. Yeah, the best position I'm possible. I'm pretty sure he was mad. I just think he does a good job of not expressing how, it. Okay. Fair enough. But he was how also like, hey, you know, you it? can go up and over. You don't need to go like, yeah, yeah, right. Right. yeah right. you just go up and over, dude. If you're going to do that. That is a yeah. completely unhinged move, by the way, in a game where you are in so much pain, yeah. you, you like can't even like hear what people are saying to you to be like, QB sneak for the game. Like, yeah, oh my number. <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. Remember when you're in that? Like, that's insane. It, it, it is important to note, though, um, that the, the show is produced in a way to attempt to not make anybody look bad at all. Oh, for which sure. Which might, right. And so, one thing to, to remember is that microphones go off, uh, turn off in helmets a lot more often than I think people realize. And we don't talk about it that much. And it doesn't show up in these documentaries that much because it makes the NFL look bad. It's not because anyone's cheating, and very often they have procedures in place to make sure that if somebody's microphone doesn't work, then they make sure that nobody, so nobody has an advantage. I'm not saying that there's anything nefarious, but I'm saying that there is the possibility that and there's no evidence. I'm not saying that that's what happened, but there's the possibility that the microphone and his helmet wasn't working at that moment either. Um, but they don't yep. ever want to bring that up because it makes it look like, you know, that there's there's something that could influence the outcome of games that players are not in control for, and the NFL just kind of hates that. And though this was not produced by the NFL, it's very clear that they worked in cooperation with the NFL. They have a bunch of NFL's footage, uh, films footage, right? A yeah. lot of the mic'd up stuff is not stuff that's from their own mics. It's from NFL films yeah. mics. Mm -hmm. uh, and so kind of having that cooperation probably means that they're trying to do stuff that doesn't make the NFL look bad. That That is it's a great also, point. Like Reed. Peyton Manning wouldn't. Yeah, like Peyton Manning is going to make the quarterbacks look good. That's the whole point. Yeah. So for people unaware, the two production companies associated with this are Omaha Productions, Peyton Manning, and 2 p.m. Productions, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, FanDuel first, and then Ron Johnson joins us. FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Uh, you can bet baseball. At FanDuel, starting tonight again, the All-Star break is over. Twins are back tomorrow. You can wager on the World Series winners as well. It's all at FanDuel. Hundreds of ways to wager. Hey, Wimbledon is still going on as well. Great new promotion right now. Get 10 times your initial wager if you're a new customer in bonus bets back. For example, bet 20, get 200 in bonus bets, whether you win or lose. It is safe, secure, very easy to use that FanDuel Sportsbook app, and you get paid instantly when you win. So get to FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim those 200 bucks in bonus bets if you lay down 20 with your initial bet. FanDuel.com slash locked on. No better place to bet baseball than America's number one sportsbook, FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. Ron Johnson joins us now on the Minnesota Football Party. He's the host of the Ron Johnson Show on Twitter, at 3RonJohnson. He joins us every Thursday. Ron, uh, we've been discussing the Netflix documentary for most of the show. Have you gotten a chance to watch any of it yet? I have not. I have, I have kids, so no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have not even thought about it. Not going to lie. All right. All right. Well, that's all good. Well, I'm curious, in kind of stemming from the documentary, Kirk Cousins is obviously a big big talking point from this doc, right? And, and it got me thinking just about his overall popularity and approval rating in this market right now. Which direction do you think the arrow is pointing? Do you think Kirk Cousins is getting more popular as his tenure goes on here in Minnesota? Do you think it's kind of plateaued? Where do you think the public is at with Kirk Cousins right now? You mean in Minnesota or now? Uh, yeah, yeah, let's go locally. In Minnesota, what do you think his popularity is? Nothing. Nothing's changed. He hasn't won a Super Bowl. Like, that's the thing about Minnesota fans. They don't care how much people love you, how often you take your kids and put them to bed and take them to Disney World. If you can't beat the Giants on fourth down, the Vikings fans don't care. Like, so I think it's the same polarizing. Some people hate them. Some people love them. Some people are ready to move on from them. Uh, so I honestly don't feel like anything's changed. I mean, we're around it, so we see – the differences in them now compared to Mike Zimmer, but I don't think the fans care. I think until they win a Super Bowl, that's what's going to matter. Fair enough. Luke Inman, what do you got? Yeah, Ron, uh, if NFL Films or like Netflix said, hey, we want to do another doc series, and this time we're going to pick a team and pick three guys to build the story around, say they pick the Vikings, which three players 
would you pick to follow around for the year and make a documentary and series about which three guys would be the most compelling for you or entertaining? What do you think? I'd say it has to be uh, Justin Jefferson one. Uh, you got to do just Kirk Cousins because he's Kirk Cousins. Uh, and then from there, it depends. Like, Daniel Hunter doesn't talk a ton, so I'm not sure if I would uh, want him on there because I don't know how much he would give you. Um, I don't really know Byron Murphy if he's a talker. Uh, we don't know if a Caleb Evans is going to be. So I'm trying to think of a defensive guy. Harrison Smith doesn't say much either. So it would be it would be interesting. I don't know. I, I think Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, easy one and two. Three, I mean, honestly, it might be KLC. I, I think they might just have to follow the head coach <laughs> and see what his life is about. Mm-hmm. Like it. Uh, <clears throat> I'm thinking about all of the – just still thinking about the the documentary. There's a lot about the the pain that quarterbacks go through and pain management and stuff. I'm wondering in your time, uh, what's the the worst you've been hurt, and what was the process like to manage that? Uh, well, I mean, I had my finger completely broke out the skin and ripped sideways, and so I had to get Oof. rushed to the emergency room. They had to put it back together. I uh, had surgery. Had to wear a cast the last couple of games. I I had three fingers break out the skin after a pump block before we played Wisconsin. I had to so honestly, there, there, it, it's some people can deal with pain, some people can't. It's not really. I don't. I wouldn't call it pain management. I would more say some people can deal with it, and some people can't. Like a lot of people don't go back out on the field and say they're hurt, but I know coaches would always say, "Are you hurt? Or are you injured? You know, like are you hurting or is it actually injured?" And I think that's the big difference. But for me, it was that. It was it was having fingers. I mean, I had a meniscus tear. I played six games on that. It was it was painful, but at the same time, it's like, look, I'm one of four receivers. I got to go, and that's just the mindset I had. Uh, I'm not saying it's the right mindset to have because now, like, years later, I'm still dealing with knee injuries and, and knee pain from uh, going through that where it was supposed to be a one-week, two-week surgery with a two-, three-week recovery. It took, like, six, seven weeks to come back after the surgery because of how much I ripped it up playing on it. So you just don't know – uh, right or wrong, but I mean, in, in the moment, as a gladiator, you just go out there and do it. Ron, I think one thing that we all kind of uh, learn from like documentaries like this—not that you saw this one—but I think that it's uh, kind of a, a, an important thing to to bring up is that you know a lot of us, you know, watch football every Sunday. We see kind of like the physical exertion and all that. We understand that there are these remarkable feats of athleticism. And that's obviously all very important. It's critical to the game. But one thing that I think a lot of people are watching quarterback taking away is how many uh, how much of the game is mental? Obviously, for quarterbacks, it's very true. But you see, you know, uh, players in team meetings. Team meetings last longer than practices. It seems like every week. Um, you see, uh, you know, people kind of prepare for the calls as they drive to the facility. Um, mm-hmm. How much to you is because uh, you know it's different for quarterback and receiver at cornerback and defensive end, whatever. How much to you for a typical NFL player is it important to be able to capture? that mental side how academic it is how smart you have to be to play the game uh as a player i'm not gonna lie man like i didn't really know at the time like how important it was uh especially as a young player i was more so worried about just making the team uh i I probably didn't realize it until i went to the chicago bears because playing tight end i had to know everything i had to know the pass coverage i had to know the blitz pickup i had to know the run game i had to know uh, what pass protection we were in. Am I in the pass protection? Am I in the route? Am I motioning? Do I change the protection? Am I in the backfield? I mean, I've been, people have been sending me clips that I don't even remember some of these games, but there was like six or seven plays where I'm in the backfield. Like I'm blocking, protecting the quarterback, scanning across. And I don't even remember that. Like, I, I mean, my guess is they probably say, look, you got one DN or the other DN. That's your options. If you see something come, take it. Like, I don't really remember it, but I do remember with the Bears that that's when I realized how important the game is mentally because I had to like I had to play slot receiver. I had to play slot tight end. And so at that point, I, I mean, I remember sitting down with um, I think it had to be like Brian Erlacher. I was at his house and we were all over there like gambling, having fun. And I remember thinking like, man, I, I forgot what guy I was talking to, though. And I was like, man, I wish I had known this much about football as a rookie because I probably would have like I wouldn't have made so many mistakes when it came to. Uh, like the blitz coming on the hot router. It's man versus zone. I think a lot of times I screwed up on some of those simple things in the pros because it moves so fast, whereas in college it's not as fast and it's a little bit easier, uh, especially when you're the only outside receiver. Like in the pros, I had to go in the slot. I had to go outside. I had to motion. Like I was I was the, the, the Swiss Army knife. You got to do it all for us. And so 
uh, it took me a while, like probably three years to figure that out. But my fourth year is when I figured it out, which was too late at that point. But yeah. I'd just like to for you to paint the picture of hanging out at Brian Erlacher's house. What uh, what was that crowd? <laughs> oh man, it was uh, it was Lack. Uh, Kyle Lorton had just come from Purdue, so he was a rookie. And then uh, the one thing I do remember is Orton. Uh, I don't know if he got drunk or he just was drunk and tired, but I remember they like drew on his chest because he fell asleep on the stairs. <laughs> um, but like Wale was there, uh, Olagunye. Um, Chris Harris, who we had on our show, the the, the safety, he was there. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was a good group of guys um, that all were you know kind of guys that went to hang out and just watch. I don't know if we were watching the game or something, but Erlacher just told guys like, hey, whoever wants to come over and come over, and yeah, it's probably like ten of us that went over there and just hung out. Rana, it looks like you're at the softball field. We won't keep you much longer, but let me ask you this: we we're we're getting down to crunch time. We got. Gophers football starting soon. Vikings preseason is like a month away. Uh, which of the two teams are you kind of itching the most to get the season going? Uh, I mean, financially both. Um, <laughs> but but I, I am looking forward to Nebraska because you, you look at yeah. that first one we got in Nebraska. So I think that's gonna be that's gonna be a fun one. And uh, you know, Matt Rule, totally different team. So I am, because I feel like Tampa Bay is going to be, not say easy, but it's an easier game for the first game of the year. Um, not saying it's, it's going to be a cakewalk, but it's going to be easier than I think Gophers-Nebraska. So looking forward to seeing the Gophers on a Thursday, and then we get the Vikings, I think, that next week. Good stuff, Ron. Uh, he's got Robert Blanton on his show this past week. Go back and watch that. Uh, and plenty of talk about the Pat Fitzgerald drama at Northwestern as well. That's all on the Ron Johnson Show on Locked on Sports Minnesota on Twitter at three Ron Johnson. And he hosts the round table tomorrow morning uh, with Reggie Wilson, Luke Gendon and myself, Ron, uh, enjoy your day. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you. Thanks. All right. Let's uh, let's update the bingo card. And then uh, we'll get into some Luke Braun trivia. So here's where we're at. Holding, holding, stalling. There we go. I've crossed out the stuff I've seen. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the card. If you're listening, we'll try to describe it for you. So I wasn't vigilant enough. Was he described as reliable at any it feels, point? It feels like that is the... So I've got like my little thing. I don't know if the camera will... Okay, that's close enough. Oh, oh very uh, nice. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And it's color-coded by the episode I noticed them in. Um, so I, I did not mark down described as reliable or that he's a CEO, which I'll be honest, the fact that the CEO thing didn't pop up close to it a couple of times when he talks about like emotional regulation and stuff like that, which is obviously like, a yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it feels like the theme of his story was that he is reliable, but they didn't ever say that not enough for me to mark it off. Yeah. Uh, now, Sam, you did miss Tough Times Don't Last. I was going to say episode three was the injury episode, The Kings of Pain. Yeah. Um, I was going to say that kind of counts on its own. It's kind of its own thing. Um, but I, I was hesitant because it was in quotes. Well, it shows up on a sign in his office. So, oh, uh, wow. What an call. observation. Good catch. Yeah. Eagle-eyed. So, Eagle-eyed. Like, exactly. Shows up on a sign in his office. Also, Kirk mentoring backups. Um, that... I I I I I played with the interpretation there. There's a throwaway line in one episode where he says, let's see if I can find it, where he says, um I feel like I'm reading the IMDB page right now. He's got all the five, quotes, the facts, the stats. Episode five with about oh, nineteen minutes left, eighteen fifty-five left. He turns to Nick Mullins and he says, You know what today is, Nick? Today's an opportunity. Opportunity. And to me, Count that it. counts as mentoring. Oh, man. <laughs> That's definitely a oh, mentorship yeah. moment. What was yeah. that? What a veteran leader. I don't remember the, the niche interest part. I uh, felt so, like the brainwave stuff was niche enough for me. Let's see. What did I, what did I put really? down? As I, the, I was surprised interest. that we didn't have one on I there. I did too. I oh, was, so, okay. Like, the so whole the, time we were doing this, I was thinking like, when are they going to mention the brainwave stuff? <laughs> yeah, me too. Right? Like, because like, I, like, there's like a whole ESPN article No, like when we were doing it, the bingo card. Yeah. I thought you were going to bring up the brainwave stuff as a, as a square. I, I should have. I should have. Um, so the new niche interest thing, I didn't mark down the brainwave stuff until the very end when Julia was like, when Julie was like, 
yeah, it was so weird that we mapped our brains on a date. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. this is date material. Boom, cross it off. <laughs> and she's like, every, I think everybody should do it. I think yeah. all couples should do it. Like, yeah. any, do your Enneagram. Do your, uh, your <laughs> yeah, horoscope. Right. Yeah. Do your also, you didn't waves. mark off Don, Don Cousins' cameo, and then you oh, also yeah. said, does that count as our Don Cousins' cameo? And uh, No, yeah, I, I thought I of that just today. I think it does, but I was on the fence. I think that there was a photo, there was a photo of him. That's a cameo. Yeah, but we, we have his words from the scouting report and his image yeah. from the photo. Yep. And that's news plus audio is video. So we'll count that. By the yeah. way, random, but how about Nick Mullins <laughs> explaining to Kirk that he can record the plays oh, that was on good. his phone I, and Kirk then Bluetooth did it before. over the truck? He did mention this in a presser before, but I thought it was good mm-hmm. to see it play out. Oh, that Nick did. gave okay, him the cool. advice to, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that was great. Frugality, I also marked. Um, what yeah, did I, I marked it? that too. I, they had the thing about his vans. I feel like that counts. Yeah, when, when the, the van buy one get the one Washington... table at Barnes and Noble. Yeah, they shop at <laughs> yeah, Sam's true, Club. Yeah. Oh, I get fifty percent off. It's my lucky day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How about when he when he politely asks, "Excuse me, Miss, do you work here?" Like in the most <laughs> yeah, polite the person, Minnesota like, the dad voice. Noble, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, excuse me, do you work here? So, so good. Polite. I'm not yeah. there yet. I'm very excited though. Yeah. Uh, and then throws shade at Washington. I this is another one where it's like a question mark, and I just kind of went for it. Um, but he talks about getting drafted, he, right? When he said he was drafted, that it was somewhat of a dead end. Oh, yes. yes. And, and he yeah, also, is, yeah, he, he said of the thirty-two yeah. teams it's, that were going to draft it's, it's me, borderline because he doesn't mean the organization is bad. He's it's because he got he drafted to where RG three was. Yeah. yeah, like I felt like yeah. that whole that whole homecoming was very wholesome and everything was like oh i'm like so happy to be back like yeah so i i I just couldn't it was so he was so happy to be back the guy on the sideline comes off and says i beat the cancer yeah (laughs) that was how so sweet i i couldn't mark that one praise god yeah but we already have the bingo so my sabotage failed (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, let's let's confirm this because i do have a, a vertical bingo here julie dressing kirk yeah. Playing catch oh, yeah. with the kids, that was early on. Yep. Niche interest, we agreed on. Mentoring backups, yes. So kind of had to make some interpretations to get that, but I think it counts. Yeah, I think it's legit. Um, we, we should have been more, um, instead of if I die, I die, we should have picked something that was like, um, like directly quoting scripture or something like that, which you did twice, uh, as far as I can yeah. count. I don't or like quotes... know the Bible, but it was pretty clear that he was doing that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like cites quote from sort from like alarming source. Mm-hmm. Oh the yeah, book of Margaret yeah. Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> the book of Margaret. Did anybody kind of like chuckle or laugh at him behind his back at any point? I did not see any I of don't that. Think so okay, yeah, I, I would be like that would happen if that were in point, this but... thing. Produced yeah, and we got Manning so close Holmes. to the contract mention in the Washington episode because he talked about like leaving Washington for the Vikings and they talked about how precarious his situation was at Washington, but it just was never close enough for me to feel comfortable counting that as a contract mention. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I, I was wondering if they would get to that in the later episodes as he maybe the season ends and he talks about his future, it, but no. there's seven minutes left. It's possible. Okay. We could even get to happen. Right. So I, in, the, I in those think... seven minutes, he's get um. Well, spoil it for me. Does he curse? I I am confident he does not curse. Uh, <laughs> you know what? He, um, so, so the way that it ends, the final line, man, I just hope they sign me to a damn contract. And if I die, <laughs> I die. <laughs> and if I die, I die. <laughs> but I mean, like the like. Now, how about we go drill is, some is Basically, just about over in the church model. parking lot with my family <laughs> you should knock them all out but yeah, yeah like, you can cross out that throw shit at washington Mahomes, one, they're, they're covering the super bowl kirk cousins like shows up and he's like yeah i've been to every super bowl i guess it doesn't yeah i, I don't really want to i would prefer to be at the super bowl for the right <laughs> like it was just yeah. like <laughs> i was just like okay but most of it's about patrick mahomes he does receive the does he receive the bart star award because he gives a speech about it yeah uh, how about the murphy door by the way how about that secret room I don't the, think it's uh, a Murphy notch. door, but that was oh, the notch. Sorry, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the Lombardi notch. Door? Where did I get that? Did he? No, he, he called that? it a Murphy door. I think yeah. that's incorrect. Maybe I'm wrong. for the Lombardi. No, the the notch is Just for the, the Lombardi. The Murphy oh. door oh. is the hidden door into the room of his. Secret I wouldn't room. even call it a trophy room. It's like a memorabilia room. A memory that's room. True. Yeah, but um, I think it's really cool that he's got all the game balls, and then he's like, "Yeah, people say I'm bad at at, at night games." Well, look at all these. 
night game game balls. They wouldn't give that to me if I played poorly. And I was like, that's kind of a flex. I'll give that to you. Yeah, that's I good. did like that. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. But yeah, the the builder was like, yeah, I've I've uh, I've I've carved out a space for the Lombardi. That's only for, you could only put the Lombardi there. So you got to win one. I was like, that's kind of cool too. Yeah. No, that was cool. Also, when did he go to Michigan? Like, was that did did they just take that from the bye week, or like when did he make that side trip? I don't know. Is it after the season? Like, there there was like I remember them having like I think it might have been during the bye week, but I remember them having Mm -hmm. like the in Michigan Chiron at the bottom. So clearly they it was cold too. I mean, it was in the middle of winter, or it looked cold from the outside. The week of the Detroit game. Oh yeah, maybe. Maybe that would have been what week four in at the end of the year. No, when was well, that, that was, was like, like 13, 13, 15, 15, 16. That yeah. 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 All right. Um, so we got a bingo. I don't think Luke Braun ruined it too much. I mean, I think you, you kept it. I, I threw in a couple that I knew were wrong as in an attempt to sabotage. I should have, I which, which harder. ones did you throw in? Laughed at behind family back. church outing. Oh, I thought mm. that was Sam. Oh, okay. No, nope, that was Luke. That was me. Family church outing, um, laughed at Throwing shade back. at Washington? I think, yeah, because I knew it was like pretty sweet. So I... Well, I counted. I, I think that was one. Yeah. Were you guys surprised yeah, at how few like talking heads they had other than the coach and the wife? I, um, I, I guess yeah. I expected a little it makes more. Makes sense. Yeah. It's I mean, like a, in, a couple of supporting of having, people. Like, during the season, him. you don't want too many distractions, too. Now you got other plays, players involved with this side project going on, too, I feel I mean, like. It doesn't even have to be other players, but what they did instead of having, like, talking heads inside a confessional box is um, they just played podcast clips, like the Colin Coward podcast appeared kind yeah, of a lot. Yeah, a lot of Cowherd, a lot of Jughead mentioned. Yeah. Um, so, like, that shows up a little bit more. And it seemed like they kept it, I, I'm assuming, they sat down once for the talking head. That's Kurt, almost certainly with, what it looked like. Oh, he was wearing the same. Everybody was wearing the same thing. Ripped every time. it out. Julie yeah. had the same. Two hours. That's yeah. what you yeah. look for. You look for the same yeah, outfit. And, and, and the way they were talking at first, you can't really tell that this wasn't like contemporary or after the game. But like as, as the season goes on, it becomes very clear that when they're discussing events that occurred in the season, um, or as the show goes on, as they're discussing events that occurred in the season, it's very clear that they're like, recalling it not immediately um but at first you mm-hmm. can't really tell yeah they've got the full context the emotions kind of taken out of it at that point yeah. yeah for sure it was really cool for um cousins to go over like what his thought process was during the justin jefferson catch against buffalo like i thought that was dope because because right. he's very perfunctory he was very like yeah well okay he caught it great next play and like in the moment, and then he's explaining afterwards, like I don't have time to care. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, how about how about the throw against Washington where he's down, and he's like hurting. He's like, well, that's what they get for playing man coverage. Did we score? <laughs> and, <laughs> and then yeah, no. and then oh, he, I would have gotten was, up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh crap! Now I got to come out for a play. Yeah. <laughs> um. Back to I'm the pretty rock- sure that's the play that precipitated the rest of the rib injury because the very next mm-hmm. episode is right before the very next game, and he's talking about going into the cold tub at the beginning of the episode mm-hmm. and about the rib. Yeah, for sure. I'm pretty ribs. confident that that's the hit that does. Mm-hmm. So oh, it's basically yeah. half the season he was playing with. A good chance he was playing with a broken rib, but at least bruised or at ribs. Least a bruised. Yeah. Well, I mean, he let, said bruised, but, you know. Let, let's just get this big picture question out there for all the answer, and then we'll do some trivia. Kirk Cousins' approval right now. I think he zigzagged his first four years. I think it started out, obviously, a lot of hype, soured quickly, built some equity back in 19, and then probably bottomed out like September of 21, coming off of missed playoffs, started 0-2, 1-3, um, the vaccination stuff, probably hit rock bottom about two years ago. And I think has been on a steady climb since, and last year obviously contributing in a big way to that. Where do you think the approval rating is at right now in this market? Um, I think that, like, so it's not as high as um, right after the Saints playoff game, right? I think that that was probably, you know, his moment, right? That's when he became a wartime president, I guess. But um, I think, which quickly lost it in the San Francisco game. But I think that um, if you were to, 
gauge his off-season approval rating, this is probably the highest it's been um, since he was signed by the Vikings. Um, I think that, uh, and I, I don't have a great read on um, kind of the 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 way that Vikings fans writ large feel about it. I have a read on the way my audience feels about him, which is a very particular. It's not like a random sample, right? Um, and uh, you know, because of the way I talk about him and the kind of audience I attract, it's probably lower among my audience than it is among the public mm-hmm. at large. But I think that, you know, winning games, having gritty moments, having really phenomenal moments where it's very clear that the reason that you win games is because of him. Like you cannot deny that. Um, I think that helps the playoff loss hurts a little bit, but every, you know, for almost every quarterback, the season ends in a loss or in a bad, uh, in a bad loss or something like that. But um, I, I would say that, you know, it's, it's probably, you know, net favorability ratings like plus 13, certainly better than Biden. <laughs> That's there you bad. go. That's a, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's all we're looking for. Yeah, Bron, you're you're a good perspective guy on this. What do you think? I, my perspective is like kind of warped from the feedback that like I get on my show. It's very influenced by like the people who listen to me, which mm-hmm. I, I hope stays somewhat diverse. But they're they're pretty sick of it. I think I, I get a lot more negativity. I don't know. I, I think since Kirk has been here, they've made the playoffs twice. Both of those times, they were really not expected to go deep. It was, eh, maybe you'll win a game, maybe you'll steal one, but we know we know you're not going to the Super Bowl. Like, that's the way everybody has treated the team both of those times. And yeah, I think it's higher after those years. Like, after 2019, I think, is when everyone was the highest on Kirk, because you saw the formula create something that could be at least somewhat successful. But then... 2020 and 2021 happened and that soured everybody. And now I think, I don't know, it's been six years and I think everybody's a little, it's to me, it feels like it's like 30%. Like there's definitely that group of people who are fervent Kirk supporters. I don't know if there's anybody that's like, yeah, Kirk is, I guess good enough. I guess I'll take him. Like you're either fervently calling him a top five quarterback and like fighting with people online every day that say he's bad, or you're totally ready to move on. That's, that's the sample I guess that I've been exposed to. Yeah, I don't I don't feel any differently at all about Kirk's chances to win a Super Bowl. I still don't think that it's possible, especially with this roster. Um, but I think that I'm in a place with him where if he did do something of the sort, I would be rooting for him all the more. Like I I think that he has like improved his personal brand while also like in I think he, there's still a long ways to go for him to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback, but I've actually seen him kind of get better like year by year like add a little bit here a little bit there not mobile by any means but being a little shiftier being more clutch showing what more of his personality yeah. what yeah 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 koc uh just laying it out right there so for those reasons i think his likability is at an all-time high but i don't think that like that is independent of what i believe he can do as a foot i'm not a believer in him as that super bowl guy um, and I think he's too costly for that to have on the roster with that being the case. But I like him. I like him more than I used to. So that's that. That's where I'm at. And uh, he remains polarizing. And guys, this is how polarizing. Here's a tease. For today's Minnesota sports rank Luke Gidman and I ranked the five most popular quarterbacks in the last 25 years of Minnesota Vikings football. One of us has cousins on the list. One of us does not. Go listen to the show and find oh, out. Man. Who like Teddy's got to be number one, right? Omitted him. Well, I'm not going to spoil anything. Oh, I, right? really wanna, I really want to. I really want to give him a spoiler, Sam. Let, let's get into this like Monday or Thursday next week. That'd be a good a good right, follow up, yeah. Cocker. Uh, Luke Braun, we've got a, a few minutes left. You've got some trivia for us. Uh, let's get into that after uh, a quick reminder that we are partnered with Sirius XM. Download the SXM app. You can listen to hometown broadcasts of all the local sporting events, and you can find Locked On Sports Minnesota programming. That's the Ron Johnson Show, Minnesota Football Party, Minnesota Sports Rankum. And Locked On Sports Minnesota is free and available too wherever you get your podcast. Uh, Luke Braun, this is your moment. Take it away. <laughs> it's my moment. <laughs> yeah, I I've, uh, created some obscure Vikings trivia, obscure facts about players a little deeper on the roster. Uh, this a little be, trivia. Okay, interesting. No, uh, current current players on the roster. Uh, these these will be answers will be worth ten points each, and I have a hint that you can take, but it'll mean it the answer is worth half credit. We'll start with a a less slightly less obscure player. 
uh, one that we've definitely talked about at least. This Viking grew up. How do we, how do we buzz on, in? Hold on. How do we buzz? Just in? say the answer. Okay. Just just say the answer. What about the delay? I feel like the delay is. Don't worry about the delay issues. Okay. I, if I'm the only one on a significant delay, so you guys should be on pretty even footing. All right. Which Viking grew up on a walnut farm in Alpine County, California, and might still work there after football, which would make him a seventh oh, generation. This farmer. is in my brain. Oh my god, I've heard this story. Cam Bynum. Cam Bynum. Incorrect. <clears throat> I've heard this story. Oh, I don't know. Avid Lindsay hint. Young readers will know. Hint. You would like a hint, Sam? Yeah. Um Gotta guess without a hint. I I would like to put forth a guess um black blackman incorrect uh the hint is that this player was not drafted mm. he was undrafted entirely okay you know what i'm just gonna blake Prol. i don't know that that Johnny can't Munt. be true i already there know. it is wow. yeah Johnny yeah Munt. okay an inauspicious start. Uh, the next question. Which Viking has the fastest 40 time? Caleb Barnes. Uh, I think Inman got there first. No. On my, record, in, in, on my feed without the delay, it was me. But <laughs> all right. it's all good, about good I'll, know, I'll give it to Inman. It. I'll check I'll that in editing. editing. All right. We'll check that. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, I mean, we'll I see heard where Inman it is on the, too, on the so. edit. If it's not, uh, if it, if I'm wrong, hey, hey it's okay. I don't want okay. any. I don't want any frame handicap. By frame. Here, no, just give it, give it to Inman. <laughs> give it to Inman. Or Inman won, so you're not giving. Uh, Kalen Barnes set a combine record for defensive backs at the four at the forty uh, at the combine with a four two three. I, Next I question: I could beat him in a race. Possibly. Mm -hmm. Uh. Next question, which Vikings father was a Harlem Globetrotter? Oh, I, I think Lindsey Young wrote about this, too. I know this. I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Locked on Vikings every day or we'll know all of these. Man. Man, this is tough. Hold up. Uh, I'm OK. I'm just going to throw a guess out there. Brandon Powell. Brandon Powell is incorrect. Hmm. Reminder to read Lindsay Young, who writes for Vikings.com. <laughs> yeah. I do want to guess, but here Features before the hint, I just got to just yeah. think through. Um, gosh, would it mean that they're like Northeast based or probably not? Probably doesn't matter. Har the Harlem Globetrotters are not like Harlem. Same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> brand, this is brand new information. Oh. The, the Globetrotting part is a little bit more important. Josh Oliver. Not Josh Oliver. Okay. He's a tall guy. Okay. Get, Josh Oliver had an incredibly athletic family. That's a pretty good guess. There's like pro athletes all over his family. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Okay. I'll take a hint. Uh, member of the 2020 NFL draft class. 2020. Oh, um, if you already would, guessed, you can guess again post hint. If would you that be? Uh, would that be? That wouldn't be. Would it? Uh, <laughs> okay. Maybe, is I it Troy Die? It is not Troy Die. Uh, uh, Josh Pat Mattel. Jones. Josh Metellus. Uh, Pat Jones was twenty twenty one. It is not Josh Metellus. Do we give? There's no way it's DJ Wanham. No Ezra? way. Ezra. It's not DJ Wanham. Ezra it is not Ezra. Is it not a Vikings draft pick? Are we just, are we like, did we, you are, Jalen yeah, Rager. <laughs> nope. The other guy they traded for, Ross Blacklock. Wow. <laughs> oh Ross Blacklock's father, uh, Jimmy Blacklock, toured with the Glo Globe Trotters from 1975. Yeah, it was never going to go there for that guess. Okay. All right. We have gotten one question correct. Uh, fourth one here. This Minnesota Viking was also drafted by the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, Shaq Thompson kind of situation. I'm going to go with Troy Dye. 
It is not Troy Dye. Jaron Hall. Baseball player. Not Jaron Hall, but that that's a good guess because he did play baseball, right? Um, I'll take the clue. Uh, the clue is that this is an undrafted rookie. Malik Knowles. Nope. Cephas Johnson. I was going to say that. Nope. Oh, okay. Good. Good thing I didn't say it. I would play baseball. Three, two, one. There's Come Thomas. on, you guess, Sam. Throw it out. I said Thayer. You are correct. It is Thayer Thomas. Woo! Was drafted 1,007th. In 2019 by the Boston Not Red Sox. Love baseball but drafts, man. Prospect, baby. But turned it down to continue to pursue football. That's well, five you, points you, to say. He turned down a $5,000 contract? Are you kidding right. me? Yeah. And an opportunity to play. He didn't want to play in the, like, go through the minors and the whole thing. He's like, I'm going to keep playing. At yeah, quintuple A or whatever. Yeah. All right. This is last question. Uh, Luke Inman has 10 points. Sam has five points. Arif has not gotten on the board yet, but this is an opportunity to completely sweep it. There's a lot of points on the board in this last one. There are seven answers to this question and you can get five points per name and an extra five. If you name their birth city, name a Viking who was born outside of the United States. Uh, Junior Aho. Junior Aho <laughs> goes to Arif. Do you know the city? Just no. <laughs> Daniel Hunter. Daniel was born in Nice, France. Cool. Inman, Daniel Hunter. Do you know the city? No, Daniel I don't Hunter know. Is correct. Was it Jamaica? I don't know this. No, I don't. It was Jamaica, but do you know the city? Mm-mm. Kingston? Okay. St. Catherine. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I was Bynum? Say that. That's two down. It's Bynum? Uh, do not. I think Cam Bynum's parents were from the Philippines, but I do not believe he was born outside. Quinquu? Okay. William Quenku, yes. Hang on, let me nice, go nice. and buy him real quick and make sure I'm not wrong about that. Well, I, I, I didn't have a beat no. on that. I just knew that he was proud of his heritage. Um, he was, yes. Uh, he was born in Corona, California. Okay. William Quenku is correct. Was that you, Inman? Did you say yeah, that? Yeah, Ryan Asamoah? No, no idea. No idea where, though. Ryan Asamoah is a weird one. I'll get to that in a sec. Uh, do you know? No guess on the city, city for me. Duala uh, Cameroon. But Oh, wow. Okay. Oh wow! Interesting. Okay. Uh, I think Esmo's Ghanaian, but I don't know any. He is. It's weird. He, so his family moved to America in the same year as he was born. I could not find anywhere if he was born before or after they moved, but they both things happened in tw- in the year two thousand. There's a Chris Thomason article that refers to him as a Columbus, Ohio native. So I'm not. I'm, I'm kind of uh, trusting the wording on that. That's not. But I'm, really... I'm not a hundred percent sure yeah. if that actually counts. Greg, Greg Joseph. I didn't count him for this as one of the seven. Greg Joseph, Greg Joseph yes. out there. Um, Johannesburg, South Africa. That is correct. Ten points ah. to Sam. Asezi? Asezi. Uh, I do not believe so. Huh. Uh, so how, how many, many How many do we have Three? left, Bron? No, Indianapolis, Indiana. Okay. Close. Uh, we have one, two, three remaining that you have not guessed. Uh, can I? Incorrect. He is a Frisco, Texas native. Mm. CJ uh, Alan Ali. Oh, Alan Ali. I don't think so. Oliudo. Oliudo was not was born in the United States. Mm. Jackie Chen. Um, I don't think Jackie Chen was. I, thought, I think he's from the West Coast. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Went to co- you didn't a, go to college on the West Coast. This is a good question. There's got to be a got to be some Canadians. Oh, that's a good point. There is yeah. one Canadian. Oh. One. One Canadian that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. Man, this is tough. Uh, I don't think Wilson Huber. That sounds. Nope. Cincinnati Junior... big time Bearcats family. Junior oh, wow. Aho. Defense. That was, that was the defense. first one we said. First one. Oh, okay. So I get two points. <laughs> you got. Uh, I'll give you a hint. There's one more from the Caribbean. Uh, there's one from Asia and one elsewhere in North America. Asia. Patrick Jones. 
Patrick oh, Jones. That's oh, yeah. funny oh, kid. I don't know why based. that, that Yeah. Oh, my God. I wrote about kid. this. Yeah. Oh, so wow. you have a guess? Jones. Yeah. Man. Do you have a guess at the city? No, I got nothing. It, it's probably it the hardest Germany? city to get because it's not. Wait, Munich? Berlin? Uh, no, he's it was Japan. Japan. Oh, that's Osaka? right. Wow. No, it was Yokosuka, Japan, military base. Dang, that's crazy. Tip of the tongue. <laughs> of course. So we got, so we got, well, a, we got Canadian and a Caribbean. Correct. The Caribbean, I, I don't actually know the city, so the country will do. Uh, I don't know, man. Should we get credit if we say Caribbean? <laughs> no. Um, I'm kind of focused on. I, I just guess Sheldon Day is that. Nope. Mm. It's not Tonga. Nope. Tonga was born in Utah. Jawan Williams? Nope. Uh, Tennessee, I think. Nashville. Luigi v Andrew DePaulo. Luigi Villain. You're kidding. Ottawa. Oh, wow. Shoot, I said the city. <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you you're winning anyways, so I'll give you the Yeah, I okay. Luigi Villane, Canadian Canadian native. Wow. Okay, so we got one left. Caribbean, you said? One left from the Caribbean. Davenport? Marcus? Not Marcus Davenport. Jalen Rager? Throwing darts up here. Not Jalen Rager. I'll give you a hint since I believe Inman has clinched it. Uh, and this was going to be the tiebreaker. He is the youngest father on the Vikings roster. Doesn't know me at all. Also, did you know I'm, Lewis by the Seen? way, Lewis seen. Oh, wow. Very good. Do you know a country? Wow. I don't know. Haiti. Oh, born in Haiti. Yeah. Sent to the United States as a young right. child. That's right. This is, uh, just an interesting observation on Junior Aho under age. It says NA on the roster. He's timeless. Yeah, it's not listed. Not available. Why? Does he not have an age? Birth certificate? No idea. Weird. Okay, pretty it, sure you would need one to put it on the website. Right that was fun and frustrating because I should have known. Yeah. Inman swept that thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Inman, Inman killed it. Uh, 15 points for Sam, five points for Arif. Yeah, I got the international player. Wow, go me, <laughs> go me. And that was a fun game, though. Points. Those were those were very yeah. good questions. Yeah, thanks, Bron. Thanks for coming up with that. Good stuff. Football party returns next Monday, uh, and the roundtable tomorrow with Ron Johnson and Reggie Wilson here on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Thanks so much for watching. Uh, go watch some more Netflix. With Kirk Cousins. Have a great day, everyone.